Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have uh, someone I've known for a long time. I look at him as like a little bro from afar. Um, ben Mazer, how we doing? Great, John. Great, great to be on here. Uh, I'm really, really uh, grateful just to have a conversation with you again. Of course, of course. So for people that don't know you, I, I do this with everyone just uh, because obviously none of us are big and famous just yet. But for those that don't know you, uh, who are you and um, how did how did me and you connect? Yeah, so I'm Ben Mazer. I'm a little younger than John. I'm, I'm 21 right now. So uh, I'm from Lancaster, New York, just like John. And uh, we all I similar to John, I grew up with a level lacrosse. And uh, I think the first time I ever met John, we were, I was playing around in a field house at Lancaster High and John was a freshman playing college across at Hobart. And obviously that was a dream all the way. Uh, I grew up wanting to be a lacrosse player. And I, at that point, college lacrosse was like the pinnacle of the sport. So I, I really looked up to John and without even knowing him, just from meeting him that day. And uh, John, uh, John and I quickly hit it off him shooting on me I play goalie so it's another interesting thing and since then I think we really just connected just from two personal people yeah and so you uh you play for you know you play college lex at Bonnie St. Bonaventures um how well before we get into that um what you were saying was we were so I came back I think it was Christmas break I think it was like winter break or we came back and um it was the like the middle school kids and the high school kids were having like practice um kind of like before the season starts and they do tryouts and stuff like that because I know Mullen are always like had the two squads together just so he can get like a um I don't know what's the word I can't even kind of like a feel for the team yeah like an assessment of like who's who who's gonna play JV what freshman he's pulling up the varsity all that type of stuff and I just remember you, wa- I don't even know if you remember this, but you walked up to me and a couple other kids and you were just like, Hey, like, um, my name's Benny. I, you said you want to go to Navy. You're like, I want to play college across yeah. at Navy. And you're like, I want to play college across at Navy. Um, you know, I might not be, uh, to the level you guys are at, but would you guys want to shoot on me? Um, just to get like a, uh, just, just to get a feel for the difference in speed and stuff. And we're like, all right. And, we were going to shoot from like 15, 20 out. And you're like, no, 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 like do step downs and everything. And I remember you were. I was a seventh. Yeah. You were, (laughs) you were a little, you were a little guy at the time. And the first couple of shots we were peppering you, you weren't saving shit. And then you started to save them. And then obviously like when I was home from college and stuff like that, you were, you know, in middle school, then obviously high school and stuff. And you always wanted extra work. So I was always shooting on you. And then it got to, it got to a point where you were literally saving everything. And then we had guys that played college lacrosse um you know at d1 d2 d3 level that would come and work out with us and you were then still like saving shots and everything and like from there uh it was pretty much like right after that happened I think that was me going into my junior year so you were going into maybe your I want to say freshman year high school Mm -hmm. I remember telling Burke at the time I'm like yo there's this kid from Lancaster I'm like he's I'm like, he's going to be good. Like, trust me. And Bur- Burke was a little, like, hesitant at the time. And he was a little, like, oh, we'll see. We'll see. There's it's Lancaster. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. I didn't I didn't want to say that, but you said it. And then, obviously, you ended up playing with Burke uh, a little bit later. But not not so much me, but because we, we have a little bit of a similar story. Like, Brian Sullivan was the first kid. And then Adam DeMillo and a couple other kids that, like, pulled me aside and were like, yo, come work with us. You'll get way better. If you're trying to play college lax, um, you know, not trying to toot our own horns, but playing with us will get you way better than playing with kids that you're currently playing with. So um, taking me out of that, was that something that you felt helped you get prepared for college? Or were you just like, I just want to play with like the best talent at that is local um, to help me get ready? Absolutely. Like, I'm going to be honest, like, I don't even remember the details of like that first encounter with us, but I just remember like, consistently like I was a young kid obviously way over my head but like I'm just proud like that I was confident enough to come up and talk to you that first time I still remember like clear as day there was a time we were working I was probably seventh or eighth grade you were still at Hobart and I you let me put your Hobart helmet on like you were just shooting on me just me and you at Lancaster High School like after practice so I was just getting some extra work and I just remember like wearing your helmet and just like feeling proud like that you were like from my town like 
living like a dream, kind of like a role model for me. So it mm-hmm. gave me a path to kind of look up and you sh- like from your stories and seeing you work like on your own, like it definitely like paved the way for not only some of my success, but like my teammates success. So, yeah, well, the work aspects came from more so of like, like I said, those guys like Adam's a dog. Yeah, Adam's very quiet and humble about it, but he's a fucking dog. He works his fucking ass off. Brian Sullivan did the same thing. Tyler Conroy, Jackson Brown, uh, Brandon Donahue, J.D. Recor. Like, I mean, not all those guys are Lancaster guys, but like some of them were. Um, like J.D. was a Lancaster guy. Um, and a lot of those dudes that, which I know you could talk about a little bit later, but like once you start playing college, like it's not so much that like you land there, but based on pure talent alone, some dudes do it's rare, but the guys that actually like um, are playing at that level are always practicing and always working. So um, for me, no, continue with what you're saying. No, go, go on. I was just saying like, that's the difference between like, I I really think like a lot of it's just a passion. Like it's not work if like that's your passion and, whether it was like getting shots or like running, like, for example, like in quarantine, like last year, like I think I played the best cross of my life this year. Like you wouldn't know because I played 17 seconds a season, but I really like started in March and April when I was, I was getting shots playing pickup with Zed Williams, who's the current PL MVP mm-hmm. and uh, Zach Belter, who's my current teammate, probably the best pole in the Mac. And uh, like every single day we played pickup, like twos, threes, fours, sixes like and we just got reps every other day like in the heat whatever I ran put in work with Ron Brissett who's like my uh, trainer and he kicked my butt every day so I just think that like if you're just like playing and having fun like the work it's not it's not work like and like to this day like still like right before the PLL started this year like I was I was playing with three out of the six starters on the chaos I was playing with Chris Kluger, uh Dane Smith Josh Byrne Chase Frazier, who's on that roster, and then Zed. So, like, still, like, similar to the way I was in seventh grade and asking the big the big dog to shoot on me, I still got to ask the big dogs because when, when I get face shots that are just Division One level, they're, like, change-ups. Yeah, no, and, like, that's the thing is that – and it's funny because I, uh, I met Josh at the RIT game. I was there with Frankie, and he's he so there, athletic. Oh, my God. I was there with uh, – he was there with his girlfriend, and him and his girlfriend came over and were uh, hanging out with us because he knows Frank really well and uh, super nice dude. But, no, that's the thing. Like, I, I found just from, you know, anything um, that I've ever wanted to – achieving like which by the way I, i'm just gonna put it out there lacrosse was fun for me but i didn't have like a diehard passion like you did i was just more so of like i'm trying to get school paid for and i'm trying to go to a school that i could party my ass off at and still play <laughs> <for>. <laughs> right. yeah so, mine's kind of mine's as much as like i love lacrosse because like it's a it's like a job there like it's six days a week a lot of time but like mm-hmm. at the same time like we'll talk about my future goals later but like so yeah. it's, it's kind of like a short-term long-term thing but no, absolutely. And like um, that. And that's the thing, too, is that like a lot of what I've learned is a lot of people that are successful and I'm not saying successful in the sense that like I was successful in lacrosse. Like I did something crazy because I didn't. But more so of like when you ask me and you're just like, hey, man, I can. Would you mind shooting on me? Like the kids that are the, the kids, no offense, like the kids that are douchebags are always going to be douchebags, just like how if someone's a dick. They're always going to be a dick regardless. But the people like Dane. Cloutier, Josh Burns, and other guys—they they want that not so much as an ego thing, but they they look at it as it's like, oh, okay, you you want to get better. I appreciate you thinking I'm gonna help you get better, so I'm gonna make that my goal. So like, when I would shoot on you, um, it was never like I'm gonna but I'm gonna build this kid's confidence. It was like I legit was trying to like roast you every single time and absolutely burn you and the thing was is that now if I was doing it consistently because I wasn't and you were starting to get discouraged from it it'd be a little bit different but there'd be times where I'd be picking corners you weren't saving it and you were just like hey like keep shooting I'll eventually get it and it's like that Mm -hmm. type of shit is like what you want to see because that you can't really teach because there I'm sure there's guys that you're friends with that are like hey let's ask this dude and some of your friends are like no, dude, he's a pro. He would never want to work with us. And it's just like, you yeah, probably didn't sure. take that. Appro- you probably didn't take that approach. You're just like, okay, if he wants to work with us, he will. If not, then who cares? And I think it's just like deeper than lacrosse, like whether it's school or 
like anything. Like I think my parents, like I owe it to my parents. Like I'm and my my uncle Paul, he's basically my godfather. Like the Andreessen family's great. Like like they he taught me from like I was four, basically like losings for losers and like and like not 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 like so harsh because I lost a lot of games in my career and stuff. But like uh-huh. like if you if you're not trying to like win and hold yourself to a higher standard to beat the guy like I'm sure like I, when I'm in seventh grade and you're shooting on me like when Dane Smith or like Josh Burns shooting on me and they score like I don't care if it's a pro like I, I'm my job is to stop the ball and I think like I hold myself to like a competitive standard that a lot of other kids don't so I think like whether it's like in school and I'm close to being a valedictorian like I'm gonna finish first I don't want to give a, I, I want to be the last one giving the speech not like not not finishing second but so yeah, no, I, I know that's I, my parents. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of your parents, um, shout out to the legend that he is, Mister Mister Mazer. Um, you guys were what? What did, did it happen your senior year, or your junior year that you guys won sections at Lancaster? Senior year, senior year. Okay, so you guys were. We got so close every year. Like we would always either Orchard Park or Clarence. One of those two teams always stopped us. Um, which I you know, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite to some people here because I always thought it was due to us playing a cupcake ass schedule. And then the only two legit teams we actually ran into any year was Orchard Park and Clarence. But then where I might sound like a hypocrite is I bet I was begging Mullen to get us to play Rochester teams. And sure enough, as soon as he played, got us to play Rochester teams, I was already committed to Hobart at the time. And I, uh, I'm not going to name who, but someone had a party like the night before and we all showed up to the, the game against Victor, like hung over and we had no idea who Victor was and they whooped our ass. Cause they had Maloney. Um, they had John Maloney, uh, who went and played at Albany. And then they had another kid. I forget who it was that played at Albany as well. And they torched us. And I remember a couple of the guys were just like, like to me, Megan and a couple other guys were like, fuck you guys. You guys pegged all in to get these games on the schedule. And then you guys fucking just come over, hung over and shit. So yeah, not the best to look. That's why I said I, I might sound a little hypocritical, but um, how was, how was it being the first, first and only team to win sections at Lancaster? Yeah. So obviously it was something special. Uh, started off like I'll just kind of start off like my journey in Lancaster lacrosse because I started mm-hmm. I played for two different coaches Renson Mullen was our first coach and Mullen was your coach great guy like he did so much for me like I told you like he pulled me up as a seventh grader I, I was filling in I-, I was good enough to play JV but I, I wasn't ready for varsity but I, I was filling in on JV because they needed a goalie and I-, I had a lot of success there and uh, coach Mullen pulled me up to varsity for uh the playoffs and gave me a little time here and there. So like, I even got, I got some playoff action when I was a seventh grader. Like, I don't think I was ready for it, but like, just like kind of like, I'm sure that like kind of wet my beak for like future success and like me getting scored on against Orchard Park in the playoffs, like as a seventh grader, like that definitely like kind of like made me pissed off and like, I'm best friends with some Orchard Park kids, but like at the same time, like Lancaster and Orchard Park, Hey, like they beat our ass for 20 plus years. Like, it was time left for us to get one. So then uh, eighth grade year, my dad took over as the head coach. And my dad had previously coached at Iroquois, and he was an assistant. And he's not a lacrosse guy, but, like, I think he really does a great job of bringing together people. Mm-hmm. So, like, he wasn't, like, the best X's and O's guy. Like, he, he was he was definitely better than a lot of coaches in the area, and that's nothing against, like, other coaches. It's just that at that time, I feel like we were a little bit step behind, like, Rochester and Syracuse and stuff like when it comes to just coaching and talent overall that's a so, fact but, I don't even think I don't, I, don't, but, I mean I don't know how it was with your class but with like my like my class and my grade I that's an absolute fact yeah and and then so my dad took over and he was just like a bringer together of men so like he he got a lot of storms and I he he kept me down on JV as an eighth grader I didn't play I got pulled up for playoffs didn't really play whatever season I didn't heartbreak Freshman year, I was going to play varsity again, or I was actually going to be called up to varsity, but then Jason Glauser, who was the goalie ahead of me, actually had a shoulder injury, and just like that, I was stressed in a starting role. Just like similar to you, like our season got ended at Orchard Park, and like I had a good year, but our, our whole senior class like was gone, so that led a big leadership vacancy. So just like that sophomore year, I'm a captain, don't know what I'm doing. But uh, I'm going to see shots. I'm going to stop shots. I'm going to try to give us a chance to win every game. 
So that year was probably my best year. Stopped at like 70%. And we uh, actually upset Clarence um, to go to the section title for the first time. And I still remember that game. Like I had an interview and I just credited it all to my dad because like he had this vision back when I was a little kid. And like little did I know is like he wanted to take over the program, take this like group that he'd been coaching our whole life. Because we'd all played youth together. Me, CJ, Lorenzo, Brett, Bryce, Hersey. Like he had this vision and he put it into action. I gave it all the credit. Then we just got our absolute doors blown off by Orchard Park. So sophomore year and we took a step forward, but then at the same time, like if you're not winning it, like if you're not first, you're last. Uh-huh. Junior, junior year. That was a year. Like we really thought we were going to win it. Like we had, we were probably more talented than the Orchard Park team, but like, I-, I thought I was a big game player. Like I love the spotlight and, like that's why I played goalie. I played attack and midi my whole life, and then I was like, you know what? They can't score, they can't win. Like I want to be the guy. Like I want to be the guy. Like if they like, I can single handedly take over a game if my team's not up to par. Uh-huh. Like I, so that's why I kind of did that. And uh, junior year, I let our team down, and I I just played I played horrible in the championship game against Orchard Park. Like like I I think it was a total coincidence, but like. I, I, I was out like at a concert or something the day before and like I left the concert early, but it just wasn't a good look. And the next day I just wasn't seeing it. And like, it was just a bad, I, like, I really felt like I left my friends down and stuff. And just cause I hold myself to a high standard too. Uh-huh. Then, and finally senior year, we, uh, we, we also, we got that rematch with Orchard Park. We wanted, we kind of ran through a lot of teams, lost to the Rochester teams and even had like a, a great, almost heartbreaker against frontier when we were, we beat them by 12 goals before. And then in the uh, semifinals, we only beat them by one. And that's like a good little life lesson that I'll give to my kids when I'm coaching someday about like never taking the team for granted. Cause we rolled off, thought we were going to kill them. And next thing you know, like I thought my career was going to be over and uh, strung a couple wins together, faced orchard park. I was playing terrible again. Andrew Hersey stepped up together and uh, we came down from seven to two and ended up winning our first section title. And there's a great picture. I think Harry Skull Jr. from the Buffalo News got it and it was in the paper. That's just me and my dad hugging. You could just see the emotion, like him crying, like me just like feeling relief, like the monkeys are off our back. And then from then on, like my dad, this is just another thing, like against Pitt, we faced Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's Rochester team, the Rochester teams genuinely, especially in Class A, there hadn't been a team in 10 years to win out of the far west regionals six so uh-huh. we uh our whole like that whole week my dad was preaching like house money like like they didn't think we were gonna get here like we're playing with house money let's go like punch him in the face and see what happens and uh one of my he's one of my best friends in the goalie world uh travis wagner he's at, he's at lemoyne right now he was their goalie it was a nice little goaltending battle and uh they sat in a zone and brett Beto just broke the zone apart and we uh hung on and made enough plays and like that, that win was something because we almost didn't even make it there losing a frontier. And then, so to string a couple good together just was awesome. So, and I, I, like I said, I owe that to my teammates and my dad and Brett putting us on his back a little bit. So how was, uh, how was the dynamic between you and your dad? Cause I'm sure, well, I don't know exactly, but just making an assumption is that he sometimes had to be harder on you. So, some kids on the team weren't like, well, what the fuck? Like, how come Benny's not getting yelled at like that or and something like that? And then, like, what was the dynamic between you two exactly? Because I'm sure you can't act as though, like, you can get away with anything because it's like, oh, my dad's the coach. So it's like almost in a way where, you know, you may or may not have had to go harder because you didn't want kids, like, thinking you were getting babied or favorite or like, so, like, what exactly was it like being coached by your dad? Because I know it's not the same as being coached by someone that's not your father. It was pretty, like, tumultuous. Like, it was up and down. Like, it definitely had its highs and lows. Um, uh-huh. Like, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, regardless. But, like, especially with my dad not being such an X and O's guy. And, like, me, like, anyone will tell me, like, I'm so – I'm analytical in my approach, I guess. Like, whether it's clearing the ball or what, whatever, where we're giving up shots. So, there were a lot of times where we wouldn't see eye to eye and we'd bitch. And, like, I, I, I've matured a lot, but, like, there was times where I shot my mouth off when I should have. Like, even a summer ball game, like, Coach Adaki sat me one time because my dad was yelling at me to stop the ball, step to the ball. I'm like, first of all, like, step to the ball. Like, Dad, I'm a 
I'm a Division One caliber player. Like, I know how to stop the ball. Like, I, I, even if I let in a bad one, I know. But I waved him off. And, like, that was just a good moment. Coach Adaki pulled me and, like, said, like, yo, Ben, you're playing great, but I'm not going to let you play if there's Division One coaches over there and they see you waving at your dad. So, like, that was kind of a big learning moment for me. So, or he would yell at me a lot, obviously, like, me messing around. But it was just because he had higher standards, I guess. And, like, mm-hmm. one thing that was kind of, like, like I would not trade anything for the world for those moments of, like, when we beat Clarence my sophomore year, when we beat Orchard Park. Like, he was just awesome. Like, whether it was dancing in the locker rooms and going crazy or just, like, talking with alumni, having a beer or two, like, mm-hmm. with the alumni, him. And, but, uh, like, around awards time was a little awkward, too, because, like, he's never going into an awards meeting and, like, pumping my name. Like, he, I'd be the last person he'd pump up. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know if everyone, like, parents and stuff understood that. Like, he's as humble as they come, man. I, and all of the, my awards and recognition, I think a lot of the fact was through other coaches and my experience. But, like, I, I just hoped other parents understood that because he would never tell anyone that. But something I know the truth. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what to say exactly about that, but um, we can say this. You can agree with me without saying anything, but we know how parents get down. Parent, every parent thinks their kid's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every parent thinks their kid should be getting a scholarship. Every parent thinks this or thinks that. Like, funny story is, I used to tell my mom all the time. I was like, Mom, I want to play. I want to play D one, or at the worst, I want to play like high level D two. And I, I would tell her that all the time. And there'd be games where, you know, I have four or five goals and I'd be in the car with like Zach or, or Megan or someone like that. And um, they would be like, oh, good game. Da, da, da. We crushed that team. Da, da, da. And I'd be like, mom, what do you think? And she's like, you look soft out there. And they'd be like, what yeah. the fuck? And she's it's like, no. Hey, but, but the thing is, too, is I told her, I said, hey, like, I know you don't know shit about shit with lacrosse outside of like what you've learned with me. Um judge me based on if you were a D1 program and you were recruiting me. And she's like, yeah, the goals don't mean much, but you look soft on the ground balls. It didn't look like you were playing hard defense. Like she's like, all those little things matter. Um, So that's like my two cents about like the whole parents thing. (laughs) Um, But what was it like your first time playing like legitimate against legitimate um, high level competition because you played in the Under Armour games and I know you get so used to playing with, you know, the kids around here or, and which is not a knock. It's just, you play with kids you're used to playing with. And then the first time you get on a team or you're in a tryout where every kid can play. And even if they're a bench player at their high school, they might be at a stacked high school and they could still ball out. So like with your confidence um, before you started actively getting recruited and signed a letter, how did that, um, mess with your confidence was it more so of just like a fuck I need to put in a lot more work or did you kind of go inwards or like what what, what was that like uh yeah so I'm I'm kind of start with my recruiting process like first and then I'll kind of link it to that but uh-huh. uh, my first I, I went I, I went through two recruiting processes because my first time I ended up committing Canisius and then I ended up decommitting so my first process recruiting process was a lot of playing at the local level so I, I actually broke my thumb going my summer, my freshman year. And that's a, that was a big recruiting summer back then. Cause that was still with early recruiting. So I couldn't go to like a lot of the blue chip events. Like, like, and when I say blue chip, I don't mean just like Jake Reed blue chip. I'm not like the high level, like, all right, here's the top talent. Mm-hmm. So I was playing in a lot of local tournaments and stuff like that. And I think I just, that's why I, I initially, my two main offers were Canisius and, Mercyhurst and both those schools are like well known they recruit against each other in this area and but they were both giving me a ton of money because they they kind of had an uh, they had a, a thought that I would be like a good time player if they can kind of keep under wraps and both those schools well Merns at Canisius kind of pushed my uh my he wanted to get me committed right away so I probably committed a lot coach Ryan at Mercyhurst was giving me time but I probably committed a lot sooner than I would have liked just because I was worried about the money. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, like if you have, like, a, such a, a good offer to go play lacrosse at a local level, like, even if it's, like, low-level Division One or high Division Two, like, it, it was almost like a safety thing. Like, my dad was like, like I've never had this opportunity. Like, you don't want to, like, pass up and get nothing ever. Like, I knew, like, 
I could be playing at like, uh, I don't know, like a Big East school or Patriot League or whatever, just for my talent. But I thought that like I could do something like I love Canisius because it was Division One. And it was kind of like my city. Like, I have to play for our hometown team. Like, I, I would go to the games when I was a little kid and play on the field. So, at the halftime show. So, like, there was, like, a personal connection to that. So, I, I thought, like, I ended up committing a little too early. And uh, I had a lot of schools who were, like, kind of, like, a little bit of a level up after that who liked me. Like, uh, Lehigh, St. Joe's, Hobart. But they weren't ready yet because I had – they hadn't seen me play enough because I just broke my thumb. So Uh I ended up going to Canisius. And uh, at that point I was only playing local level talent. So like how your question asked, I didn't really know what else was out there. After, after my sophomore junior year, I can't remember coach Mearns ended up leaving Canisius. And that was like, Whoa, at first I was like, my roommate, Zach Felters like calls me. He's like, did you hear that? Mearns left and was going to Bonaventure. I'm I didn't even hear it from Mearns. I heard it from Zach. I was like, what the heck? Like, this is so crazy. And I took a step back. I'm like, this could be a blessing in disguise. Like, I get to open my recruitment up and really kind of pick, like, see where I want to, what suits me best now that I have two more years of understanding. And I started going to these top-level events. And the speed of it was certainly nuts. Like, <laughs> seeing the ball move, shots. Like, I'm playing against the best of the best. But at the same time, like, it almost helped me in a way because, like, as you may know, like the higher level the shooters get, like they're either hitting your stick or they're going in or like they're a little more predictable than some kid from Lockport who's just ripping it from three yards away. Like, no, literally. So, so that's it actually, why. No, continue, my bad. It actually, like, honestly helped my game. Like, I just wish I would have had like more of a chance. There's a time where I was almost playing for Sweet Lacks, and I really regret that. But one of our good friends didn't make the team. So, like, my dad being the person he is and personal character, he, he's like, no, we can't leave him behind. Like, you're going to play with him. And I, I ended up staying with BLA. So I could have been playing for Sweet Lacks, and who knows where I'd be playing lacrosse. But I'm happy I kept playing with my friend. And, like, I have a relationship I'll build forever, and I still have a relationship with the Buffalo Lacrosse Academy. So mm-hmm. that, that would have been an interesting, like, like, little moment in my life if I would have decided to play for them if things would have been different. But, yeah, so – I went from playing at Under Armour All-American against Nikki Solomon, who's a starting attackman for Carolina. Like, all the top players, like Isaiah, um, the kid from Harvard, like, all just top recruits. And, like, I was playing well, loving it. And then um, I came back to the Niagara Lacrosse Classic, which if anyone from Buffalo knows, like, it's like BLA's local tournament. And it brings Rochester teams in. I just absolutely dominated in a five game tournament. I let in three goals and our team won a championship. It was, it was unbelievable just cause I'm used to 90 mile an hour shots now, not 75. So it's another kind of example of like just what's out there and like adjusting. Like it, it's your, I think like biologically there's something about your eyes and reaction timing and you just kind of get conditioned to reacting faster. And it's interesting. I'd like to take a deeper look at that someday. Yeah, no, I, that's the thing. Like I was, I say all the time, like I would never, um, I would never want to be a high school goalie. I would want, if I was to be a goalie, I'd want to, first of all, I'd be fucking ass at goalie. But <laughs> if I was to be goalie, cause I actually, funny story. I used to, uh, a couple times when she was still at Marquette, I used to suit up in net and like gray shoot on me and she would just whistle shot, shots past me. And yeah. I, <laughs> I was just, she like, does that to good goalies too <laughs> no i know that i mean she was a fucking i think Please. she was she was marquette yeah she's a monster she was marquette's first first all-american um, shout out grace gabriel uh, yep shout out her <laughs> and uh and so but no to your point though it's funny you say that because i think that when you play at the higher level there's things that happen like that like i noticed like when i was playing in the well now it's just the national lacrosse but at the time it was like the adidas national lacrosse classic like you know the under under uh underclassmen games that they have yeah that the thing that i notice is that like at that level of high school kids that are that good that are going places they know the game in the x's and o's way better so there's little things you could pick up on like I understood and i mean i wasn't really good at it per se but i understood that okay if i beat a kid and i have two steps on him the slide's gonna come so i have a little window of time to like plant my feet and shoot or get it off and that's like the the little nuances that you don't necessarily pick up if you're always if you're not playing against the top talent all the time or 
like how, um, and I'll bring it up when I record with Frank, but when I was at Hobart, I would notice that the slides on defense were so like spot on, like they were always sliding at a certain time and stuff. So what I started to do is I would throw no look skip passes or I would do things like that. And when they were on, they were on. And when they were off, Raymond was like, get the fuck out of practice. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause they were so bad. But, and then like in regards to shooting was, that was like what I told you when I first would do step downs with you, I was like, bro, I'm not going to hit you. Trust me. I'm shooting for corners. I'm shooting for corners or I'm shooting for pipe. Whereas like kids that, you know, aren't as good as shooters, like you said, like some kid just crank creasing you, they're just closing their eyes, whipping it at the net and hoping they score. Whereas yeah with um higher level shooters they're shooting at your hip pipe hips corners or like bouncers right in front of you shooting with jd record growing up was something awesome because he was a kid like jd's small if anyone knows him so jd's not humming the ball 90 plus he's probably hitting it in 85 in the corner so like playing against him was like like he's beating goalies all across the country with it but for me Mm -hmm. like that was like another example of seeing like all right, see, I have John who's six foot three and can zing at 96. And then I see JD shooting at 85 and like literally hitting the corner coming from X on the run. Like it's, it's two different shots that like I'm going to both see at the next level, but two different kind of things help me out a lot. Or if you ever, I mean, you said you practice with Zed a little bit, but like even Frank, for example, half the time Frank shoots, he, he has his hands free. He's not necessarily always like squared up with the cage. He has his Mm -hmm. hands a little bit free. He's got a little bit of space and he knows how to flick it. And so it's like those little things. So like, um, do you, what are you saying? So it's like Zed, like for example, Zed's coming from Max. He's firing it over a pole because he's so big inside roll and shot. And like, I actually like was able to pick up on it. There was days where like, obviously Zed dominates 90% of the time, but there was days where like, I was like, like, dominating like stopping them on the crease whatever like and then like you said like uh dane dane loves going down the alley a little face dodge and jump shot and puts it far pipe so like it, it, it's things you pick up on but yeah it's just it's amazing like lacrosse is such a creative game mm-hmm. absolutely half the half the shit that i um learned or was able to do i've learned from other people like i've mm-hmm. learned from just like when i saw frank i told him i'm like bro how, when I throw, I don't even remember, like when I would go down the alley and I would throw instead of roll, running back, throw across the body um, to the other side of the field. I learned that from you by watching your footwork or mm-hmm. little things like when I played with Vargo um, at Mercyhurst, I knew when to um, to like to lower my shoulder versus to push it through X just by watching how he would do it. So it's one of those games where like you can learn from other people as well. Um Colin Greenway, he's another one. Um, but did you now, when you got to Bonnie's, did you re- simply go there just because Mearns was the coach, or like why did you end up going to Bonnie's? No, I uh, so I didn't even think I was gonna go there. I just uh, so I, I was down to St. Bonaventure at first. I kind of thought that was like my backup plan because I know Mearns loved me, but I, it was a new program, so I didn't really know. I visited Monmouth, absolutely beautiful campus. And I, for some reason, like I just didn't, for whatever reason, I don't know if I was in a bad headspace. I just come from Tampa. So Tampa looked like friggin' Disney World. Where everything <laughs> is be- everything's beautiful. It's all around athletes. There's girls in bikinis at the pool and the beach. Like I was like, mom, I'm going here. My mom's bawling her eyes out, whatever. So Monmouth, you see another beach, but it's not Florida. So I think that's why, honestly, I didn't end up at Monmouth. So I thought I was going to Tampa. I also visited uh, Lemoyne, but uh, Lemoyne told me that they don't pay goalies. So I, it, it was de- everyone else offered a similar thing, and then Lemoyne's just like, "Yeah, let's be. You can be our four-year starter, but yeah, we don't really pay goalies much." So that kind of took that out of the equation. So I was between Tampa and Bonaventure. Thought I was going to Tampa. I have family down there. I loved it. One of my best friends, Brett Beto, just committed there, and I'm like, at last second, I kind of got cold feet. And Bonaventure had like a med school program where you can mm-hmm. get in early and my parents at home, I just knew Bonaventure like would be kind of like a safe space for me to like grow as a person. And mm-hmm. I really thought that like, and I'm happy. Like I really, I'm proud of that decision. Like we took our lumps uh, freshman year, didn't win a game, but uh, like we, we all knew what, what we were signing up for. Like it, it's some it's building something special. It's like building a culture. It's, 
and like having like the ground, like having everything to work with. Like I'd rather do that than go into a place with bad culture, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I told you this before we started recording, but me personally, and this has nothing to do with me shooting on you or anything, but um, for how I saw you grow in the game and stuff like that, when I found out you committed to Bonnie's, I was like, why, <laughs> why? There's so many other schools you could have went to, but that's just like a, a me to you type thing. It's not like shitting on Bonnie's because Bonnie's is yeah. a great school. Um, and especially to be a part of the first team ever, um, that's something cool as well. Cause like that's history in a way. Um, so at Bonnie's you had the, you obviously got to play with uh, a lot of your boys that you played and won a section with at Lancaster. How, how was that experience for you? Yeah, it was, it was, it's awesome. It's something special. Like to even have a chance to play with one of them, let alone like three of my lifelong friends. And then like at, from through high school and then my current roommate, like I played club ball with. So, it's definitely something special. Like I, I love going to war with them, but at the same time, like we're all different positions. Like there's three out of 40 kids that are my high school teammates. So mm-hmm. like, I don't want to let that overshadow like the whole team thing, but it was, it was awesome having like friends to kind of play with like that I already were comfortable with. And uh, like I said, like we we're kind of building from the ground up, like freshman year, like we, we lost every single game uh we played but we got to play Cornell like coach Mearns didn't go in and schedule any cupcakes we played Cornell uh my sophomore year we played Denver we played Air Force like and that, that's that's awesome like I think it made us so much better for it compared to just like scheduling cupcakes or like lower level teams so mm-hmm. uh, I really I really respect that and like it's paying off now so like it's been it's been an interesting journey like I went from playing half the games and uh being being voted or selected MVP of the team to uh, now I'm, I played 17 seconds this year. I had a, I had a little bit of a broken thumb, but I still like was playing some of the best across my life. So it, it, it was interesting. I was living in Denver at the time that you guys played Denver in Air Force. Um, I saw it because your entire team was there at Red Rocks and I kept asking all the boys where you were. And I, I had no, I, no one had an answer for me. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'll see him. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Um, I miss you. <laughs> I know exactly. Dude, it was kind of crazy though, because how was your first uh, experience playing a big time school like Denver? It was, it, it's like, that's, that's the goal. Like I, I don't care. Like if, like it starts with winning the Mac, but then after that, like you want to build a program like Denver mm-hmm. or Cornell or something like full of tradition, full of winning. And like, the, I think the culture starts with it. And then like your coach's job is to bring in better recruits than you every single year. So I think mm-hmm. our coaches, that's the goal. Every recruiting class to bring in better guys. And I think they're doing a great job. And like, I, I definitely like love competing in those games. Like, Against Air Force, like I played the whole game. That was my only game I started my sophomore year, and I went in in Denver, and it was my first start of the year. My coach asked me before the game, like, "You ready?" I'm like, "I'm starving. Like, I'm starving for this. Like, I miss this game day energy. Like, I want to go through a wall." They just beat Duke. <laughs> well, they yeah. just beat Duke, and we played them um, eleven to six. Like, yeah, I, and I I stopped over fifty percent, and like, I I saw the ball well. Like, I made one mistake in the clearing game, and I wanted back, but. Other than that, like, I left it out there. Like, I don't care who I'm playing. Like, I want to run through a ground ball and almost get my head taken off. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Now, uh, Denver's camp is sick. That stadium's sick. But how sick is Air Force's stadium? We actually – it was at uh, – we played at Peter Barton still at Denver. Oh, it was It was okay. like one of those, like uh, – I don't know what they call it. But one of those places where all the teams just stay on the site and play. So, oh, okay. So yeah. I didn't get to see that, but I heard I've watched film of it just from playing them and playing Detroit who played them. So yeah, okay. I was gonna say because that's out in Colorado Springs and that's pretty dope. But how was your um before we get into the whole med school and stuff like that? What do you think of Denver overall? It's crazy, right? Yeah, I like I said that was my first time kind of that way. Like there was like a boys trip, like and have a couple beers somewhere. But uh, yeah. It definitely seemed cool. Like, I got to see a little bit of the city. We drove the bus around. Like, we saw, like, the the football stadium. We saw Coors Field. Like, it, it's definitely, like, somewhere I want to check out eventually. And then um, mm-hmm. lacrosse. Like, we obviously wish we would have won, but we we competed, like, with Denver. Or not not Denver washed us, but uh, Air Force. <laughs> Air Force was a good game. Like, we were, we were in it. Like, we were down one 
for a while and then just didn't work out. And then, like I said, this year, like I, I played the best across my life. I would come from friggin' lab with a broken thumb and I'd hop in that with no warm ups, and we'd face two of the all Mac players on attack and I'd make them earn every single goal. And I didn't coach Martins had to make a decision. And uh, he went with Brett Dobson, who's phenomenal, a great goalie partner plays for team Canada. Like I, I know it easily could have been me, but at the end of the day, like I was not going to bitch. Like I'm a, one of the captains, like before our play, first playoff win in history, which is really special Detroit, against Detroit, Coach Mearns went through the locker room and went through every single guy on our team and said like, and, and our trainer and our academic advisor and everyone and went through like every person. And for me, he just started crying and said like hardest job, like for the boys and just started crying and left locker room. And everyone erupted and we just went in and kicked them and kicked Detroit's ass and won our first playoff game at home. And like, it was pretty electric. Like I felt special. Like, playing Canisius, like, I, I really wanted to play because that was, like, my team we were facing. We had them on a back-to-back, and Coach Mern said, hey, like, we're thinking about playing you. And we they ended up not, and it led to a win streak for us, so I'm not going to complain. But, like, obviously, like, I'm still working, like, with the goal. Like, I want to play lacrosse, and I want to win games for him. So, hopefully that mm-hmm. comes this year. Yeah, and how – where do you get that attitude from? Because I know a lot of people would be, like – that's bullshit. That's bullshit. How do you, where did you get that attitude from of like, nah, it's not, it's for the boys. Like I, Hey, I clearly am not that they're going with someone that they think is the better choice and that's on me. And I either need to work harder or I need to do something um, so that I earn it back. It's not bullshit. Where, and, where do you get that? Because I feel like a lot, actually, I don't feel like I genuinely believe that today's day and age, everyone feels as though they're entitled to something. Yeah. I think that's definitely from my dad and my mom, something mm-hmm. from a young age. But at the same time, like, I think it's a lot of it's, like, my feelings. Because there are games where my dad's, like, bitching, saying, oh, like, why aren't they playing you? And I'm I'm like, dad, like, I think I'm the best goal in this team. I think I'm the best goal in this conference. Like, if there's – like, I got to believe it too. And I, I truly do. Like, my coach, my goalie coach, he's phenomenal. He's the offensive coordinator. He, he coached at Brown when Brown went all the way to the final four. And so he's coached Jack Kelly and his name's Gil Connors. Gil's mm-hmm. a great coach, great guy, whatever. And like, I still remember like that sophomore year, Dobber and I had both played a lot freshman year. So he's like, I honestly believe deep in my heart. I've seen Jack Kelly play. I've seen stuff. He's like, I think, uh, I think we have two of the top 20 goalies in the country and we haven't even won a game yet. So mm-hmm. I just think it's a testament to Dobber and I, and like, we're constantly working two different styles. He's like almost like a Dylan Ward style where he's like very, he's kind of big and stiffer in that. And he's got electric hands and he, pl- he's a, he's a great keeper. And then me, I'm more of like a, kind of like a Jack Kelly. Like I'm like a little lower in my stance and I'll kind of explode to the ball and like attack the ball a little bit more. So it, it's two different styles. Teams keep them on their edge. And like uh coach counter said, like if I was going to build a goalie, like, it's like, I'd build you, but Dauber just makes stupid saves sometimes, and he does. Mm-hmm. He's phenomenal, so it's, it's awesome. No, I, absolutely. You also got to be, like, if you're not – if you got someone in front of you, you also got to be pushing them because that's what makes mm-hmm. the team better too. Um, so you just recently – congrats to you because I would never fucking do it, but <laughs> <laughs> congrats to you for uh, applying to med school. Um, had you known you've always wanted to be a doctor or like, what about like, what led you to being like, I want to go to med school, like even before, cause you said that Bonnie's had like an early admission if you did want to be in med school. So is this something you always knew you wanted to do? Or was this more so like a money decision of like, doctors make a lot of money, bro. I'm trying to secure the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's funny you asked that because in my like application process, your personal statement basically is an essay doc- the whole thing is designated to why you want to like be in medicine. Mm -hmm. So I always knew since I was little, I broke my foot when I was in first grade, broke my foot in second grade, like orthopedic doctors were like my heroes. Like I thought that was so cool. Like you're helping people, like you can see their patient progress, but like, I didn't really know why deep down. And I think like, first of all, like I'm a people person. I love caring for others. Like it's, it's my job. Like I would love to help a young athlete, young lacrosse goalie who broke his thumb like me or something like get them back on the field like one thing I like about orthopedics which is like what kind of field I want to go in that's like bones and a musculoskeletal skeleton system 
So I think I, I love it because you can kind of see patient progress and you're not dealing with like, like the most, obviously injuries are terrible, but you're not like facing life or death situations like necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more quality of life. So I, so I kind of like, as I grew up, lots of injuries, like I broke like five bones or whatever, like just from football across. And so I've kind of loved that aspect of like helping others and just seeing like shadowing physicians. And right now I work at Excelsior Orthopedics. So I get to work with a wonderful group of providers and um, help a wide array of patients. So I'm trying to eventually like allow my passion to like make a living, I guess. So like I said earlier, like if it's a passion, like you're not working a single day of your life. Like no, this podcast, you're, you're, this podcast, you're doing it out of love. You're like, and, and, and hopefully someday it makes you millions, you know? So yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I just like then, talking to people. Exactly. So I like helping people. And like one of the other things I picked up along the way, cause I, I'm trying to constantly think like what makes me better because let's face it. Uh, med school process. I don't, I obviously don't think you know a ton about it, but it is competitive as heck. Cause you have kids from India, China, whatever, like literally like this is their life. Like they, they need to become a doctor. They need to get in this med school spot over you. So like, I'm looking for tools. How do I get better? So I, I ended up um, pursuing and getting a minor in Spanish because I just noticed from shadowing patients, like if I can speak in their own language and make it them more comfortable. Say someday I'm working with a baseball player. A lot of, there's a lot of like, what's baseball in baseball. Yeah. It's baseball. Uh, <laughs> like I, I want to be able to talk to someone and just be like, Hey man, like your elbow's going to be fine. Like it, it, it'll be okay. You'll be throwing a hundred right by someone someday. Like let me take over. But it's it just that like language I found is like a, a interesting part, which can like really like improve the patient provider like relationship and that helps with outcomes so yeah Mm. i uh i thought bonaventure is a great place for like biology degrees you can really get anywhere that like if you're not going to harvard or like whatever like a a degree from canisius or bonaventure is roughly equivalent and i like the small sizes which like i've allowed i've developed great relationships with my professors like office hours are easy to talk to. And like, I had a professor stay with me till like 10 PM on a Sunday, like helping me through like uh, immunology this semester. So like, they're just willing mm-hmm. to go the extra mile there. Uh, that med school program you kind of talked about, I ended up making it to the final five and I got cut. So I didn't even get in. It was for George Washington medical school, but I'm like, that just means God has a plan for me to uh, kind of go the traditional route. And I'll someday like, this'll, this'll be a chip on my shoulder. No, absolutely. And and no offense, bro. With it being competitive, rightfully so. It's medicine. Yeah. You're taking care it's... of people. Like I, I don't know how you feel, but I don't want no scrub doing my medicine or yeah, working exactly. on me. I want someone that knows what the fuck they're talking about and someone that like when I talk to, I'm like, that dude sm- or that guy, that woman, um, is smart as shit. <laughs> I'm glad that they're my doctor. Um and the other thing is too is dude like i'm 27 you're 21 like you have plenty like i myself am young as shit so you especially are super young and you have plenty of time and and on top of it is uh cliches it may sound like all all those things are is they're not like you getting cut they're not failures bro they're essentially just they're they're literally lessons it's more so of like okay it's not you got cut because you weren't good enough. No, you got cut for a specific reason, whether you know that reason or not. It's more so like, okay, back to the drawing board. Um, how can I improve? Or if, if there is no opportunity to improve because it was like a one-off type of thing, what, wh- how, how, can I, how can I move forward? And maybe the lesson is emotionally with you being like, okay, shit's going to happen. I'm not going to be as hard on myself about it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think sports offer a great way of like, seeing adversity and facing adversity and so like i'm not like bawling my eyes out over this situation like i went out and i studied for my mcat and which is the medical college admissions test and Mm -hmm. i worked my butt off for the month after school ended most kids study six months in advance and i studied before school but like once i was in my semester with immunology and physics and college across division one lacrosse like i didn't have a lot of time so i worked my butt off and sacrificed and I took the test. I think the test went great. Like I got a score roughly around like 80% better than 
like the 80th percentile to get into med school roughly. But uh-huh. I, I think I got it. Like a lot of kids have to take it multiple times, but I think I'm ready. And I'm, gonna, I'm planning on applying to my dream school is the University of Miami. I love their orthopedic program. <laughs> yeah. I'll go to you. So hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Then, <laughs> you want to, uh, you want to experience the campus too, don't I? <laughs> they're, dude, I'm going to be freaking, I'm going to have no time. I'm going to have no time for the Chicas. <laughs> uh, oh, no, but yeah. So I'm, I'm also going to apply to UB and I'm, a lot of schools because you really have to apply to a ton in case mm-hmm. you, but if not, uh, Coach Mearns, like, and I have talked about playing a fifth year at Bonaventure, getting a master's degree in public health. And so that's also a, I don't want to say it's a backup plan, but it's a great, like, I guess, plan B, if you want to say. Yeah, um, you'll probably laugh. I'm the type of person where I don't even think of plan Bs. It's more so, I mean, plan Bs in my life plan, and that, but I do think of plan Bs. And, you know, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a PG podcast. No, I'm just fucking uh-huh. <laughs> But, um, no, but I'm the type of person where it's like I, until that plan fails and fails to, like, where there's no other option, then I uh, – then I come up with the plan. So like for to like to apply that to your situation, how you said you got beat out um, by whoever it was that that you got beat out from for that program. If I legitimately could not reapply to that program, then it's like, OK, fine. Now I need to come up with a new plan. It's not like, well, if I don't get this, then then I'll do this. Because, yeah, for me personally, having those two options weighing on me, it just able to go all in on one. Is that something that like kind of is like with you as well? Yeah, I definitely think all my eggs are in, like, I, I wasn't taking this exam and applying saying, oh, yeah, like, th- I have this waiting here. Like, no, I'm going to get it. I just know that I also have a great opportunity, like, if everything doesn't go my way. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that's great. And, like, I think one of the biggest things for me getting cut from that program was, like, my life. Like, I've had a lot of, like, I- I'm a white male. Like, I've had a lot of, like, things given. I have privilege. And, like, I can acknowledge that. And, like, I, I think some of the other applicants, like, they, they, they've had a little bit t- tougher of a swing, whether it's just, like, socially or, like, whatever. So I think that's helped me grow, too. And, like, I've never really thought about that. Absolutely, without a doubt. And um, what is the – for people that don't know, or maybe there's someone in high school that's listening or someone that's considering med school or something like that but doesn't really know – what is the process of applying for your MCATs and then taking the MCATs? Yeah, so um, obviously you got to take all your uh, prereqs. So a lot of things that like uh, is not really known is you don't have to be like a science major. As long as you take those classes, like uh, bio- a couple years of biology, chemistry, organic chemistry, like you could be a history major and end up like there's a lot of people at my work even who are like engineers and went back to school. So if you take those prereqs, you get the coursework and then you study for the MCAT. The MCAT is a seven hour test, quarter of its biology, quarter of its chemistry, quarter of its uh, critical analysis and reasoning skills, which is kind of actually somewhat similar to like an LSAT where it's just common. It's like more so your thinking versus like testing something you should memorize and then a psychology section. So mm-hmm. I had to put in a ton of time studying that stuff and uh, like I abs- there's never enough time to study. Like I, I wish I could have had like unlimited hours and I think I would have aced the thing, but that's the pressure from there. Like I had to wait a month. Um, I have a week and a half till I get my score back and I'm currently working on my application, which has a personal statement, a couple more essay questions and then uh, send it out to about 20 schools and then just play a waiting game and see if I get an interview at any of them. And then I can kind of get a chance to talk to someone and, kind of uh get to share myself with them and show them why that I think I'm a right fit for them their their jobs to put out degrees and get more doctors there so man I I understand that and I I gotta understand like what school's best for me so I think it'll be interesting yeah no without a doubt and you know going back to the lacrosse because I you mentioned it earlier you said it for a quick second but um say it all the time is a lot of people whether they get put onto it, whether they know it or not, like college lacrosse or any college level sport, it's a business at the end of the day. It's, um, it it doesn't, it doesn't matter if like you were the first kid to commit there or the last it's, it's a business in the sense of like, 
next man up, next man up, next man up. How much of that per se has prepped you as you have been getting older um, for the real world? And then obviously like medical school and then being in the medical um, arena, because like you said, it's, 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 you know, best man wins in a way, but it's also rightfully so because it's medicine. You're going to be taking care of people. You should know what the fuck you're doing. And realistically for me, I think this could be like the single most important thing I'm saying, but like, I really think I grew a lot as a person. Cause I, first of all, your freshman, sophomore year, you're maturing, like you're understanding uh-huh. what you got to take care of and whatever. So, but a lot of times I think I was just honestly like, because of that business aspect, because it was Ben versus Dauber for that starting job. Like I just like grip my stick a little too tight. Like to, if I was, for example, if I was taking a test, like I would be stressing out, like, no, like, like you're here for a reason. God has a plan. Like do be you. Like, I, I think that's something I kind of went away from. Like, I think I went away from that, like lacrosse wise, like my freshman, sophomore year. And even as like a person recently, but like, I, I'm kind of like had a, like a little realization, like, like a little, like I, I have OCD. So like, uh-huh. obviously I have ups and downs with that. Like that's something a lot of people don't know. Like my close friends know. So like, like, I just got to, I've kind of done a better job in the last couple of days, even like realizing like, I, you just have to be you. And like another, another person who's great to get on this podcast, his name's Nick Bonick. He spoke mm-hmm. to us at, uh, so he, he's a kid with OCD and bipolar disorder. And he was a college baseball player. His team went on a great run, like probably about five years ago at Kennesaw State. And he talks about mental health and like, he's got a great story. You have guys like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper wearing his uh, positive vibes movement stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I think just going back to being me and, like, not worrying about things I can't control and, like, uh, kind of just, like, like balling out. Like, I, like goalie, so much is mental. Like, like, if freshman and sophomore year, if I didn't get shots before practice and I just got thrown in, I think I would have been a wreck. This year I was coming from lab with a broken thumb in and hopping in practice, smiling, laughing, dancing to music, just, like, like being myself. And I think like, that's probably the main reason why I've played some of the best lacrosse. So like, I'm kind of like, obviously like I've gone through some stuff. Like my friends are always there for me. Like my, uh, like through like a breakup or something like, like it, it like if a breakup's hard, like you, your friends and family, will get over it. Like life will get better. The sun will rise, like save it for mm-hmm. a rainy day, you know? No, absolutely. And the, the other thing, that I wanted to ask you about that is how, what is, cause obviously it's, it's, I don't want to say it's cliche, but it's almost in a way like be yourself. Like everyone knows what the fuck that means, but it's, it's, it's way, it's not one of those things that it's easier said than done. So for, yeah, you had to go back to being Benny. Yeah. You had to go back to just doing you and what got you there. But uh, what does that like actually mean? Cause obviously people get, Oh, be you. Okay. Well, when you're going through shit, you don't necessarily know how to be you because you kind of have to detach from what the problem is. But while you're detached yes, from 100%. that hundred percent, while you're detached from that problem, you are in a way of like, uh, how do you want to say this? Like you care about the issue, but by detaching from it, you have to almost act like, okay, whatever happens, happens. I don't give a fuck. But when you're going through something, you still care about it. So it's like, how do you, how, how are you able to balance that? It, does that make sense? How I asked that? Cause I'm kind of confusing myself over here. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like I think with anything, like for example, like me and I had a girlfriend for almost over two years and we just broke up and like, obviously it's like the breakups are never easy, but then like, you got to look at the good side of it. Like, hey, man, like, it wasn't, like, over anything big. Like, we're just – she's in PT school doing great, and I'm at Bonaventure and then go to med school. Like, it's just different phases. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm really, like – like, my parents and sister of like, and friends. Like, I have a great group of friends. Like, who have, like, like really, like, in a matter of days, just, like, pick my head up, let me know, like, look around, look at, like, everything you got going for you. And, like, detaching yourself from the situation, detaching for yourself from current emotions and, like – getting just a real perspective because things are, could be so much worse. So I think that like, it's really helped me grow as a person and it's really tough to detach yourself. But like, once you are, and you get that reflection, like, like you feel like wholesome and good. And like, I think that's like what life's all about. No, for sure. And for you, if you care to share, like, how did you, were you able to detach? Cause obviously it's not easy at first, but then eventually you get momentum with yourself and you're just like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then, then obviously you look back and you're just like, damn, why was I ever like that? <laughs> yeah, it's time heals. Like that's definitely farther like along, but like, 
I don't know, like, it's different for other people. Like, my sister, she, her stress, like, it's all about, like, getting over those stressors. Like, my sister has had to, like, she loves working out when she's stressed. Me, I like reading, and I've seen a psychologist. If anyone needs a psychologist, they're great people, and they just kind of just, they're, they're professionals at doing what they do. My mom's a school psychologist, so it's almost like I got one with me all the time, too, so... I don't know if you all guys all want to be talking to your moms about your shit problems and shit, but no, <laughs> definitely like just uh, enjoy the little things with your friends and stuff. And that definitely helps you like get along. And then once you get along, time heals and everything works out. No, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you for sharing that because I didn't even fucking know that. And I talk to you all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so one more thing on the lacrosse aspect before, you know, we kind of wrap it up here because we've been talking for just over an hour is obviously, you know, you're you're still in it, but it's way different than it was when I was getting recruited and I was playing. But if you were in the situation that I was in when you were in seventh grade, if you had a seventh grader come up to you and he wasn't, you know, asking you to work with him, but he's mainly like, hey, Ben, like. I see you're at Bonnie's. I see you got to play Denver, Cornell, Air Force, and then Canisius and all these, these cool schools. Um, what, what advice do you have for me? Like, how, how can I get recruited? Like, what would you say to that kid? I, I would just tell him that like, Hey man, like it takes a lot of work. Like, and like, it just takes love of the game. Like if, if you, you can only go as far as you really want to go. So I think that kind of like teaching him, like whether it's me going out of my way, like I, like thinking about this, like I'd definitely shoot on anyone who asked me. Like I'd take my time out of day to help someone. Like in Lancaster, we had a great run. Brendan D, our goalie, got better as the season went on and he's going to be back next year. Like I loved working with him every day. Like I wish I had more time. And so I definitely just, I just tell him to chase that dream. Like don't let it go. Like don't get discouraged and uh, put the work in and you'll be there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I can't even speak right now, (laughs) but, uh, you know, wrapping it up here, what would you say? um, I mean, you're only three years removed, so it's a lot different than, you know, other people that I've been asking that are my age or older. But um, the final question I have for you is if you could meet your 18 year old self minus that's actually no, 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 we're not going to do 18. If you can meet your 14-year-old self, 13, 14, when you were a freshman in high school to where you are now, just because it's only three years removed, it's not – there's you haven't done as much. You mm-hmm. know, like me at 27 asking myself at 18, there's so much different shit I would say. Um, but what would you tell your eighth grade – what would you tell eighth grade Benny just about um, the ups and downs in life? And then what piece of wise words would you give, would you give eighth grade Benny? I think it's kind of similar to like me – telling a young kid because <laughs> I was probably like similar to the last situation I'm I'm definitely telling me just go for it dude like you got everything you could ever want like I think one thing I wish I would have done is appreciate like my parents and others around me a little more uh-huh. like my situation like going living away at college kind of showed me like oh, how good I have it here so I think I would have told myself like chase your dreams like love your family love your friends and just be the best you can be and like I, I think that Like, I'm on the right track, but still a lot of way to go. Absolutely. And the very last question I have for you before we wrap it up here is, what is the best piece of advice your parents have ever given you? Wow. I, uh... Let's actually, I don't mean to cut you off. Let's go, let's go best piece of advice from uh, your dad and then best piece of advice from your mom. Oh, my dad, I can hear him in my ear saying, always be humble and kind. Like, I'm I'm a big country music guy. And uh, (laughs) I was waiting for you to drop that. (laughs) He is, he is too. And like, I think a lot of good life lessons, but still like, you never know, like who you're meeting, like how, what they're going through and like how you can impact someone's life. So be humble and be kind and be good to others. And then what about mom? What's the best piece of advice mom's giving you? Yeah. So my mom, she's a big quotes person. She loves sending me quotes when I'm having a bad day or going through something. And this was one that like, I kind of like relate to her cause kind of cute me and her taught her together when we were little. So for mother's day, a couple of years ago, I printed out something for her that we have in our office right here. And it's, this is not necessarily advice, but just a nice little quote. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If one only remembers to turn on the light, Albus Dumbledore. So obviously that's like, not necessarily she something she taught me, but it's kind of something special between us that like 
like obviously just relating to Harry Potter and like relating to life and OCD and whatever, whatever, even like adversity you're overcoming that just remember that there's goodness all around you. And like that, that can take, that can go a long way. No, for sure. And the last thing I have, even though I always say I got one more question is for anyone that's listening to this, that is a younger lacrosse player or has the idea about med school or anything that pertains to what you were just talking about. Obviously you're not plugging your number on here, but where, where can they find you on Insta? Hey, Insta at Ben Mazer seven. I love to help with anything. Like whether it's just wanting to talk about anything, John, it's been great catching up with you. Uh, we need to give, grab a beer or something. Cause I owe you one. No, 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 for sure. Dude, I didn't even – my bad. I thought you were 20. I didn't know you were 21 yet because I was – Well, I'm uh, 21. Yeah, I saw your dad at uh, I saw your dad at 7-Eleven <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and I was, I, I was saying what it's up to him. He's like, yeah, give Benny a text. He's back in town. But he didn't oh, he yeah. didn't say to me that you were 20 – yeah, we should go to like Bar Bill or something soon. So All right, hit um, me up. Yeah, no, for sure. We'll get to us, – us three will get together for sure. So, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you doing this, bro, and uh, best of luck with the – all the med school shit, because like I said, I, I applaud you for that, because I would never fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, thanks thanks for helping me reach a stream all the way back when I was a seventh grader. Of course, of course. we got big things coming in the future, for sure. So I'll see you, bro. See ya.